0: that doesn't show up on the recording. The sound of a bird dying in your wall? It doesn't. Okay. I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to Birth Bar! Best running friends. Best adventure running friends. Woo! I always want a high five at the beginning too. I know. That it just feels like the nice end. I know. We yeah. do, maybe we should be. I was gonna say we should take our... Our paddles from from canoeing and slap them instead of uh, high fiving. Or maybe we already are and you don't know because you're not a Patreon with video access. Hootie hoo! (laughs) I I've always told Andy that if we ever get a divorce, it's because we didn't give each other enough high fives. So I'm always going to push the high five. Hugs to release those bonding drugs. Nope. I only want like yeah, do the thing vibes, or yeah, we did the thing vibes. You want an adrenaline marriage? Yep. Ah. I, don't, I think I want a hugs marriage. Yeah, you want, you want like, soft things marriage. Yeah, maybe. I yeah. don't know. I have to think about that. Uh. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? What I are we talking know. about? It's, it's a marriage podcast. Got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'd like to open, as we always do, by welcoming and thanking our most recent patrons. Which is super exciting this episode, as it is every episode, but this is kind of our birthday batch, yes. part of our birthday. So happy to your birthday to yeah, us, yeah, which we're celebrating as we do all good birthdays for an entire week. Yes, so. that's how Annie does it, and with yeah. and with champagne. Yes, that is how we do.
1: I already
0: drank mine, oh, so this is a wow. shitty flavored lu- water lubricated. It was a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes. So welcoming yeah. new folks. Yeah, so uh, we're hoping the next episode is also a new uh, batch of birthday people. So if you sign up before Monday the 14th, you get a special birthday sticker because we freaking love birthdays and birthdays. So that means that we've been podcasting for one third of our total friendship. Two of the six years that we've been friends. Can you believe it's been two years? Not at all, no. I don't even, I mean, I remember vaguely going to my parents' basement. <laughs> to record this podcast. Which is funny, because that makes it sound like your parents' basement is the jankier version oh, of no. what we're doing. No, no. No no. My no. dad's a voice actor and has a recording studio. This, this is, is the jankier version. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, yeah, we started out in my parents' basement, basement and now we're finally in our own nope. office. My dad essentially has a rap studio. <laughs> my how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Bummer man. But our new uh our new patrons this episode Laura Comtoys. Yay! Yeah. Our mentor and friend. Uh, in, in adventure racing and just, wow, like seriously her and Steph Ross, I just feel like we would not be oh, adventure man. racing if it wasn't for those two. Bad Bitches Club. Glad mm-hmm. to be a part of it. We'd also like to welcome Kelly Keeley. Hello and welcome to the BiffBuff Buff family. Uh, Sean Schmidt, thanks for becoming a patron, and I have to say, I'm not the only one that's been calling these people barfers, (laughs) one of our new, (gasps) one of our new patrons referenced herself as a barfer, barfer. yeah, or actually, hashtag barfer question mark, so I feel like that's the best way to do it. barfer question mark is a delightful (laughs) hashtag, thank you for (laughs) that. That's our new barfer? Ha! We'd also like to welcome Mary Beth Esposito, thank you, and welcome to the Barf Bar family. And for your high level of confidence in the work that we're doing, so thank you. All right. Oh, and I I get this one, too, because I'd like to thank my dear friend Chuck, with no second C in his name, my bowling partner, my secret cigarette partner, (laughs) and friend of God, a decade. I was like, a friend of God? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Neo? A friend of a decade, at least. He once wrapped my entire car in tinfoil. That's how close we are. His other car is a ghost. Although oh, his other horse is a ghost. His other horse is a ghost. <laughs> Dang, I was close. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, Ms. Jenny Hayes. So, An- our friend on the trail. Yeah. And uh, has been mentioned in a few episodes, Indeed. most notably Ohio Backyard episode, which I, oh, I'm totally breaking her confidence, but she said she listens to the Ohio Backyard effort before hard things to be reminded yeah. that she can do the hard thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, welcome, Jenny. I'll You're never stop. Think of you walking away toward a porta potty while people were yelling your name. Yeah. Uh, so, Jenny, uh, welcome to the barfer. Welcome to the barfers. 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 You're all barfers now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Annie has some freaky good news to share with us. The th- a thing that is not typically characteristic of the. Barf Barf Podcast? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, not like, I thought you were going to say characteristic of me, but yes, in general, our culture of barfness is usually doing your best. But this time, it's about winning. Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) So, I got to do this last weekend, and also, this is an uncharacteristic spread of, like, racing every weekend for me, because between the Barkley Fall Classic... Then Adventure Race Nationals, then a 5K, and next week coming up... Is a 50K. Is a 50K, and then the weekend after that, who knows, I'm hoping to come off the wait list for Big's Backyard last minute, and then two weeks after that, it's been Hody. So anyways, there's a lot of, like, uncharacteristic things happening in Annie's world right now. I mean, you always race a bitch load in the fall. Not, like, every weekend for, like, six weeks. This is too much, but you do often do back-to-back crazy shit in the fall. I would say, prove it. Okay. But. I'll check the records. Okay, yeah. Uh, But anyways, so I got to do a 5K this last weekend, and it's uh, in support of my dear friends, Laura and Rob Failer. Uh, Rob Failer's grandma, Karen Schwartz, uh, passed away a few years ago, and she was heavily involved in the CASA program for Wood County in Ohio, which is the court-appointed special advocate for kids, which, is that an everything, everywhere thing? Okay. Um, So they set up a memorial walk for her after she passed away, and it's since become a memorial 5K, which I think is really cool. However, it's still very small after I think, I want to say this was the fifth year, maybe the sixth year? I'm still going to bleep out the total number as you say it. What? We don't know how many people were there. Oh, oh, yeah. We just know that you won. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so it's a 5K, there's, I I won't even try and guess how many people. Uh, 48. 56. Some. 62? Not 100. Okay. There was not 100 people there. Okay. Um, Andy and I talked about, like... Uh, I waffled a whole lot on the way to the 5K on I'm gonna if I was going to run. I'm going to race I was, gonna run, I'm gonna race I was like, I'm going to stay with you guys because Arbor was running and my little niece Peyton was running with her so I was like it would also be really cute to just chug along in the 5K with them. I do this every morning on Thanksgiving day. <laughs> yeah, like every year I want to be with the walkers. Like I want to yeah. be wearing a turkey hat and yeah. be with the walkers so I was I like, I'm going to stay shoes. with you. And I, no joke said While we were pretty close, I said, I'm gonna stay with you guys. Final answer. And then I was like, Final answer? And then I was like, I I have to. (laughs) I'm never gonna get a chance to. to (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Final answer, but not. So I went up for the 5K. It's a really small group. I, air quotes for those of you not watching the video, take off! Blast it. Blast off at an 8.30 pace, which I'm trying to find the balance between being like, uh, I did a great job, and also, like, this is not what usually wins 5Ks. I'm used to, like, Columbus 5Ks, and sure. I think most, even up by Toledo, That's a six-minute mile. Yeah, that's what it takes to do anything. Sure. So, like, I took off at an 8.30 pace and averaged, like, an 8.30 pace for the 5K, and, uh was I could actually see the three people in front of me. No. So That's I got fourth a... overall. Shut up. Yeah. That's amazing. So the third place person was a boy that was probably 12. <laughs> <laughs> and in my head I was like, oh, I was like, Okay. He's like, going to blow up. You're like, he's going to blow up. I was up. like, okay, should I pass him? Like, is that too cruel? Like, we're in the final stretch. Like, should I pass him? And I was, like, ra- I was like, come oh, on, it's a right... Ra- and then he dusted you. <laughs> I was like... And, and then shortly after I was having this internal moral dilemma, I was like, oh, turns out it's not in my skill set to pass him. It is not a debate I need to have. Usually you can blast at the end no matter what you're doing. Uh, he, no. no. Not compared to a seventh grader, however. No, no. S- but... Sometimes your best is all you have to give to win. (laughs) So I ended up being first female and getting a $50 gift certificate, which might as well have been been a car made of gold. (laughs) Like, like, and also it was funny to me because it felt like the first two guys were kind of loping it in, and I think they ended up like maybe with like a 745 Mm. case, like Mm. not super far ahead Mm -hmm. of me, but like I was trying so hard that I... I felt like I was going to throw up when I was... Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so And there was no chill about this for That's me. That's great. I was just like, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> crown me with the laurel leaves. Crown me with the laurel. Lo- take a photo of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Give me the present. Do you want an autograph? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know me. It's still me. My people. Annie Lang. Yeah. We're still friends. Even after all of this. I'll return your call. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm very proud of you for soaking it up. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I was super. I was super super stoked. Uh, as I referenced on social media, this should never happen again. There needs to be more people at this five k. So please run the Karen Schwartz Memorial Five K next year, up uh, in Rossford, Ohio. You are pretty much guaranteed to win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I relate to this in that like I have also celebrated things where like there's not a there's not a huge reason to be like. Yeah, I'm the best in the whole world. That's <laughs> great. Like, and I got third at the Snowflake 5K last winter, and there was no one there to tell me good job. There was no one at the finish line. There was no awards. It was, I was like, are there awards? They're like, yeah, we'll mail it to you. And then you heard someone else be like, they're not going to mail you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, which was Snowflake 5K, then? It was like negative five degrees, and I was alone. I went alone to Dublin to run it by myself. This was last year? Yeah. Oh. And I just got a big blue mug, which was cool. But That's very cool. I lost to two women who were wearing like their team's kit. I remember this. Yeah. Okay, I remember but this. I was also as jazzed as you. Like, I'll call you I'm even though I'm still famous. Yeah. So I ran I, I cooled down in the parking lot with like Rocky Fists in the air, like pa 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 like pretty good. <laughs> I was fucking jazzed for myself. I- it's it's the greatest. I got like, in the car and, like, smashed a box of Raisinets, drove to a Starbucks, got, like, four shots of espresso, and then just, like, blasted Christmas music. And then pushed your car home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One time yeah. my mom gave me a root beer and a bar of chocolate. I towed the car home seven miles. <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So here's to, like, doing well at 5Ks. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I spent that gift certificate before I even got home. Don't let it burn a hole in your pocket, bitch. Heck no. Uh, but yeah, so that was, that was, that was a blast. So now you've got another funsy coming up this upcoming weekend with your family. Yeah, which is so cool. And I recently had a work conversation, uh, with my boss whose daughter started running cross country and like kind of gave her like a reality check of like, because they've been running together. And I was like, just think about this. I was like. Did you get to run with your parents when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. You didn't. No. Like, I didn't because my pa- par- no. my parents didn't get into running until way later. So I'm doing a 50K this weekend with my little sister for her birthday because that's what she wanted to do. So I've infected her <laughs> successfully. Good job. And my mom, who is who in her affected. 60s, like, and I just thought, like, most people don't get to do this. No. No. I'm very jealous. Um, so yeah, it should be a really good time. It's the Pilot Mountain 50k. It's a point to point 50 K, which I think is so cool. Yeah, that's like fun. what point to point 50 Ks are there?: Quest for the crest. Is that point to point? Okay. so that's terrible. That's a terrible it's <laughs> a terrible race and a terrible experience. <laughs> so it goes from Pilot Mountain to Hanging Rock near Danbury, North Carolina, and it's on like a pretty like, normal trail, like a trail that exists there, even when ultras are not being had sure. on it. So it should be a blast. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. And we're going to try and stick together, so who knows what oh, the time will that's be. that's fun. Um, but, yeah, I'll come back with a full ring it uh, out. full review of that. Yeah, ring it out or don't or maybe na- take a nap. Who knows? Take a nap sounds pretty good. It has a 12-hour cutoff because of the 50... It has a 50-mile, and the 50K and the 50-mile have the same cutoff, so... If the opportunity... midday heat nap does not sound helpful or good. Are you kidding me? That's like all I want when I'm super hot is to go to sleep. In oh. a tent? Like, oh, in no, like that a shaded like my tent? my personal fucking hell. You don't understand the heat monster like I do. No, I do not. I mean, I kind of did. I remember being at Adventure Race National standing behind a sign, like bending my whole body so that I could be in the shade of the sign. <laughs> That's true. I was really not feeling it. It was day. very hot. It was yeah. too hot. Um but yeah, so that's the stuff I have coming up. It should be it should be a good time. Yay. Yeah, it just seems like a weird turn of events between BFC and being like, fuck the marathon huh. and then nationals being like, here's this big thing that I yeah. never thought I could do and then doing a 5K and being like, Is anybody else seeing this? And now <laughs> doing a fifty K and like just being like, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but. that is like every flavor of race. It's like spend it all and see if you can win. Chug a lug to see if you can finish. Do your best to stay, like... Pull something out of your ass. Yeah, pull something out of your ass at Adventure Race Nationals. And then, like, just fart about for a 50K. That's, like, every... That's, like, the mama bear, the papa bear, and the baby bear. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing one flavor, but I don't know what it would Uh, be. a costume funsy race. Oh. The Huff. I'm missing the the Huff. The Huff. Yeah. Oh, God, I wish I could do the Huff this year. I don't know. Uh... I don't have any races on the calendar, do yeah, I? Yeah, like, what does our fall and winter look like? I I, I was going to do some 5Ks. I'm going to do the turkey trot. If I have any time in the month of December, which I might not. Sadly, we did look at our calendar for some things in December, and it's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. So we'll see all of you in 2020. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like those memes We're like, and it's over. Yep. <laughs> um, but I do, I want to race some some fun Jingle Bell shit. I mean, there's nothing I love more than, like, a holiday 5K. It just really tickles you me. You really pink. do. You love putting on a wool sweater that you're allergic to and oh. a 5K. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I, I, I went to go get rid of that, like, three days you ago. You can't! I can't do it. No. I am violently allergic to that sweater, and I love it so much. It's, I mean, it's essentially was our Christmas card last year. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's my tattoo artist's Ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, buddy. That's a deep that's cut. That's a deep cut. You can never get rid of it. I'm sorry if it gives no, you hives and like you itch it's it. It's too weird. i got to keep it forever. So, yeah. So, that's my plan. And then I'd like to do, of course, we would like to do a bunch of orienteering through the winter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we should we get like to slip on hidden ice and crack our tailbones, uh, which sounds just, like we're being we're exaggerating, but and I actually we would like to like, fall into ice into ponds. I've actually just, thought about how we should have a shuttle from Columbus to Cincinnati like for people that are oh, interested yeah. in doing it. Yeah. So, uh Osen orienteering Cincinnati is in my limited scope, it has to be one of the best orienteering clubs in America. Everybody knows this. Legitimately, when we go anywhere else, people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah. they know they're like, yeah. oh, we know that series." So they do the uh Wars or Winter Adventure Racing mm-hmm. series. And they do an orienteering event every weekend, and they keep points all winter long. It's, which it's the It's the coolest thing to keep up your motivation over the winter. Mm-hmm. And I know people listening, because I've had five or six people reach out about how they get started in orienteering and mm-hmm. how to, like, learn how to use a map and compass. Come to Wars. Mm-hmm. It's the most fun you will have all winter. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to avoid the feeling of... No one else is running. No one else is Mm -hmm. out here doing the thing. You need to go to the winter events that OSIN holds because it it will just make you feel like everybody's out here. This is the place to be and to have fun. Also, I'd like to emphasize maybe something that we haven't touched on in in the past about accessibility to sports, and specifically accessibility to orienteering. Um, It really is, like, every body type. It's a pretty mixed bag pretty much with gender... There's a, maybe like a fourth of the people, I would say, are women. We're working on that, obviously. Maybe a little yeah. bit less. It's a very Boy Scouty vibe. Yeah. So it's very family-oriented. You can do very short courses and bring your children. Yeah. You can really do this at any fitness level at all. And they're very cheap. They're like between 5 and $12 a piece. Yeah. So if you see us... We've had some feedback about adventure racing being inaccessible, and we see why. It's... It requires a tremendous amount of gear. Mm-hmm. It requires a tremendous amount of travel for the most part because it's very isolated. Traveling with that gear. Traveling which could with be that its gear. Own thing. But if you have an interest in something that's like adventure racing, w- we very much urge you to do orienteering in your local communities because it is extremely accessible monetarily and fitness wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can borrow a compass. You can show up with nothing but like. The clothes that you're mm-hmm. wearing, like, and mm-hmm. we've seen uh, people, and it's it really is great because there are a hundred different ways to do it, like, we've literally seen people doing orienteering in their dumpies, mm-hmm. like, the clothes that they woke up yeah. in, yeah. Um, as well as people wearing, like, full head to tail lycra, but, yes. <laughs> you yes. know, and... like team cliff Bar, yeah. team gear. Yeah, and um, we've taken Arbor to orienteering events, and she's had a great time, and I can't tell you how many times I've seen videos of, like, ten and younger year olds navigating faster than I can. We've but, seen them. Yeah. We've seen them pass us. Um and we've seen couples doing it as like a mm-hmm. fun couples activity. Like there was a couple last year that did like every winter mm-hmm. event that oh, was yes. that was really fun. So um yeah, there's just a lot of different avenues that you can go with orienteering. Another thing that I think takes a lot of pressure off is there is a staggered start. So you start mm-hmm. the course essentially whenever you're ready to start, so there's no mass start. So, like, as far as, like, peer pressure... like if racing scares you, if, like, towing the line scares you, there is not one. Yep, because if you go out there and you suck, nobody else will know. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you aren't trying to keep pace with anybody else. If somebody sees you standing in the middle of the woods, it will not be evident to them that you are screwing it up. Not at all. There's no pressure. Not at all. And then when it comes to adventure racing, I'd also like to speak to that. There... For women, there can be scholarships in your area. I know that the adventure racing, the USARA net, like national organization, um, very much is the kind of organization that is trying to recruit new. S- new sporters <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean, think they're participants called, but right? sporters is good <laughs> been, I, they've been working on this come group. come with us you'll be a sporter and barfer sporter barfer i mean we're not sure what we're doing or what anyone else is doing but uh i i think really the the thing that inhibits most people inhibits most people is the gear so i would say to that Find somebody who's doing it and ask to borrow things. When I first got into cyclocross, mountain biking, road racing, all three of those bikes, I borrowed them for two months from someone else and was like, do I like this enough to save money mm-hmm. to buy it? Can I buy one from somebody else in the community who's handing one down? There there are ways in that don't require you to be an elite uh, white male doctor who makes $150,000 a year. Yeah. Because the people that we see there, they're very much like middle class, pretty regular people. Mm-hmm. So those people and including us want you there and mm-hmm. if you feel like that there is a, a barrier to you being there reach out because we have ideas yeah for sure because um, we just we need more people we, and do. We, do, we just want more people to come and have the fun right I mean it's the same thing in like women's mountain biking in general it's like is it fun to beat two of your friends or is it fun to race a field of 30 women mm-hmm. I mean we would always rather see 30 women at the start than be on the podium because you beat two of your friends. Yeah. And if you get here first, then you get to be on the podium. So, come fast! <laughs> come fast! Yes, come before they release the, the documentary on the... Uh, oh, yeah. On uh, the Amazon Prime is doing the new Eco season Challenge. of Eco Challenge. It will mm-hmm. be released next year. So, if you want to be cool, get in on it now. Yeah, I mean, basically, it, this is like the moment when Born to Run and the Barkley Marathon hit documentary ultra <laughs> hit Ultra Running. So... So be here now. Yeah. And then you can be like, I was here before all these posers. Yeah. Right? So the two women most suited to give advice on being cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. That's why I have this burlap sack on that we both decided was the prettiest dress ever when Mm -hmm. we saw it. It still is. Okay. Sure it is. Anyway, so yeah, fall and winter. Do you have any, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned the winter stuff, do you have any ultras you are signed up for at all? BFC 2020. Well, that counts. Sure. Especially for those of us who can't. Oh, baby cakes. I You'll know. get in. I'm hoping six months from now I'll listen to this episode and be like, haha, I thought maybe I wouldn't get in. They're expecting the wait list to churn over 250 people. I know, but in this moment, it it because I couldn't it finish the 50K this year, I'm not allowed back in. That's what it feels like. Bah. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. I'm pretty confident. I hope it does, because I don't want to go alone. You would, though. I would have to. Yeah. It would be me and Matt Cowgill. I have to tell you, though, if I'm not in, or Andy's not in, I'm not going. Wow. Brutal. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Because, yeah, if I go, I'm just going to be, like, throwing poop at everyone. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that from you. We need to maintain our good name in the community. <laughs> I like those barf girls until that one girl started throwing her shit at people at the end of Barkley Fall <laughs> Oh, Classic. God. It would just be like, uh, it would be like, was it two years or three ago, years ago when somebody was like, where's your pants, partner? And we were like, uh, oh! Uh, yes, that was very, very sad. Yeah. The year that Annie fractured her thigh. Yeah. People ask me all day where my pants partner was because every we year we wore... ma- matching pants, and yeah. I was like. And it's funny because this year it's like when we split up, it was like, but bye bye bye. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's In a good true. way, I feel like we we've we've practiced it more at this point, so it's not so traumatizing. That's true. I was yeah. so I was so bummed out that Laz didn't know who I was, but then I realized the true joy is that is leaving an aid station and having Sandra be like, "Good job, Lauren," and being like. Yeah, That feels good. Laz is the approval you want. Sandra is his the approval, approval you, you need. need. Also, I, I had the epiphany that Laz is like Willy Wonka in the first Willy Wonka. which Where is... he acts like he doesn't know, and then when the kid leaves, he puts his hand over the fucking gobstopper? Yeah, yeah. That is his it very is. essence. Where it's like, is he completely in the know? Does he love me? I does said he good me? day, sir! Etcetera, 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 etc. You're not allowed GPS devices in this race, etcetera, etcetera. <laughs> yeah, and then he puts his hand over, uh, over Jenny Lothorson's glove, and is like, "So shines a good deed in a weary world." Exactly. So yeah, because I know Willy he Wonka. shed tears for her this year, which makes me feel like, "Oh, you big squishy sweet man." Yeah, it's a hard position to be in, where, uh, like, I feel like I have. Not so much, but where I feel like being allowed to do the races that I want to hinges on if I think this person likes me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a tricky feeling to have. It is, because it's... And I know I know he does a lot of his things based on race credentials and stuff, but you can't help but feel like... It's personality, too. Do you like me? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you want the godfather of the worst race of all time to put you inside his wing. What a... What a weird. What spot a weird to be in. thing to drive—the hardest thing you'll ever do. So yeah, I'm just gonna envision him as Willy Wonka, who is like, you know, mm. as the curtain closes. Yeah, look, he a, loves I mean, you. yeah, yeah. He like dusts a picture that he has framed of you in his house. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's my only thing on the calendar. Uh, I might run a marathon with Tom in January. Oh, okay. We're at. Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, that would be nice. It would be nice. I don't even know if I want to though, because a marathon is a hard thing to do. Marathons are hard, a hard, hard, hard thing to not do. fun. Yeah, hard. I don't know, uh, but I, nothing else has yet struck my fancy other than I would, I want to do the no sleep adventure race next year, because it was the most fun race I did all year other than adventure race nationals. I think I I'm going to make you choose just to have us have something to talk about. Not that we ever need fillers. Oh, no, no sleep over nationals? Yeah. There was a bar. That's true. There was a bar. No sleep was so novel. It was so fun. Yeah. We had such a good time. And even though we blew out our arms and our lungs and maybe peed our pants when we did a Tyrolean Traverse, it was still like... Whoa! All right! P.S. In watching old Eco Challenge uh, episodes, there is like a Tyrolean Traverse in like every day of this 10 to 12 day race. (laughs) Every day, they're like, this 2,000 foot gap in the rocks they will have to traverse. No, they say Tyrolean Traverse every single time, which makes me. uh, There's so many pieces that have been coming together since Mm. watching Eco Challenge. Like, why everyone is like, yeah, duh, a Tyrolean. And I was like, Ty. Lannisters. Tyrese, Ty, Lannister. The Lannister log roll. The Lannister log roll. <laughs> I don't know, I'd be afraid to break my nose. But yeah, so no sleep for next year. Plus, any other adventure races that uh, strike our fancy? I would love to do as many adventure races fit in our schedule. That's all I really care about. We're going to have to practice gravel riding. Or mountain bike riding fast. Consider, as soon as we get... Yes, absolutely. Consider that as soon as we start getting better at one thing, there will They'll be make another a- thing that we need to, like... No, no, it's a skill set that we have not refined, and that's the one we need to work on. Yes. I'm just saying, remember my thing after Nationals where I was like, when it comes to, like, any kind of uh, decision or thoughts, I should just learn to say, I don't know. Because I feel like as soon as we're, like... We have the bike part mastered. We're going to be like, oh shit, we forgot to do, we forgot to train so for what? the on foot part. Oh no, I don't think that's true. I think we should definitely put in more work on the bike. That seems fine I think me. that we could make up hours. Sounds fine to me. Doesn't sound great to my vagina. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I'm a little bit, okay, let's get funky. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> uh, <ooh>. <laughs> um. what <laughs> <Boing. laughs> We need a glockenspiel. Yes, we <laughs> do. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine that people are listening to this going like, what exactly are they implying is going on down there? <laughs> you know the you know the car that runs off a ginger ale in Willy Wonka? I'm on a Willy Wonka kick. <laughs> That's what's going on down there. They're just like... Because <laughs> we made it sound like it was a bop it. <laughs> Pull it. Twist it. Flick it. See, I told you I hate the flick it part of a it. I made the bobbit vaginal again. (laughs) Yeah, me. Oh, oh, I'm tired. I'm just gonna title the name of this episode (laughs) "Flick It." (laughs) Done. I want a manga hat that says "Make Bobbit Vaginal Again." (laughs) Make (laughs) again. Blah. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's good. go back. Now I'm going good. to talk about gross. You, gross you need to go to sleep. I have to go to sleep. I. Adventure I, racing. No, I was Do talking my, about my butt real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. let's go back to your butt. talking about, it. about my butt. Mm-hmm. About the carnage that ensued after a 125 mile bike race, which is that um, my. It was basically like you know when you get a terrible sunburn and the whole top two layers of your skin just peels off? Did your butt peel off? My whole butt peeled off. The whole I like, thing. <laughs> I like that we talked about our leather, needing to cultivate a leather butt last episode, and we're coming back to it. I what sloughed, do you mean it peeled I off? I soft off my leather butt like a snake. I need specifics here. Okay. After like, soaking like, in the shower or like just a, like a sunburn peel? No, like, like, like hard skin that if you like scrape the edge and start peeling whole chunks will peel off? To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To To be be fair. fair. I would rather have my butt peel off than have the level of itchiness Mm. afterwards Mm. that I had. Yeah. Mm, I'd agree. Because really, it was just like, wow. What did I... Wow. Huh. Just whole sheets. Like, Like sushi seaweed. Just sheets of butt. I'm so glad I shared this with all of you. Did it go up to your cheeks? (laughs) No. It was just in the, like, the, like, where the chamois, where the outside of the chamois seams,
1: every place where there's a chamois seam. You said the
0: seams were really, like... My seams were fucked up. Got it. I can't wear whatever, like, Amazon $20 tri shorts that you passed out. to me. I mean, it's craft. Craft is, like, $18, solid Mm -hmm, level. uh Uh-huh. No. Nope. I still want to have, they just sent out, like, a survey from the Adventure Racing uh, Cooperative about, like, your thoughts on adventure racing and where the sports should go and all this other stuff. I, like, want to send out, like, an AR badge survey to be, like, did you experience itching? Yeah. Did your butt peel off? <laughs> what kind of chamois did you wear? How, How much, much chamois cream did butter you did you use? I've yeah. already placed an Amazon order for, like, a giant, like, pump tub of <laughs> chamois butter because I'm, like... I will never, I will never destroy my flower like that again. Oh man, you can really mess it up. I made it into mulch. I mean, I kind of wonder what balls are doing for that race. I don't know. They must, you must have to grease the balls so tremendously that if you sit on them in a funny way, they just go, (laughs) they just spring out from underneath (laughs) you. Made it. (laughs) Or just like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the left side. I'm on the right side. (laughs) The that's three baller. Three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a weird episode. I'm into it. I'm glad. We've been so structured in our last we have. several episodes. We like, have. I hope y'all enjoyed the Barkley Fall Classic and the Adventure Race doubleheader drop because that was super satisfying yeah. for me to like. We put out two and a half hours of content in one day, and you know what's really cool? We had several people that were like, "I'm gonna have a long ass drive to race. I'm yeah. gonna listen to all of this. Yeah, that's sweet." So we did it for you. Um, I kind of wanted to talk today a little bit about like um, living in the body that you're in and respecting what your body is and what it can do because uh, I touched on it a little bit when we talked about BFC, but I did have a moment where I was like, okay, this is the heaviest that I've ever finished this race Um, and I felt like that's fine. I still ran it very successfully and I feel like I raced with dignity and pride and I accomplished my goals. And I just felt like, okay, well, you need to stop and thank your body for what it can do. This is something that Annie has taught me where you're like, thank you, legs. Thank you for doing the job that you did today. Like, you are a good body. You did good work. Instead of being like, well, if I just had a better weight, body weight to power ratio, I could have gone an hour faster. And also just, like, truly taking a moment after we've done races, like, after Trans Rockies, after we did Nationals, which is to say... Our body, exactly as it is Mm -hmm. right now, exactly as it looks right now, exactly Mm -hmm. how it feels, did the thing that it just did. Mm -hmm. Which wouldn't seem like it would be that earth-shattering, but it really is. It is. To not... Because I feel like when I have, like, a good performance, I glamorize my Uh self-image to say, like, Uh it's because I was skinny and hot when that happened. Mm -hmm. And when I do poorly, then I start, like, picking all this other stuff apart. Right. Which is insane. Absolutely. And I, I feel like... I, I can do the same thing where I point to like, well, obviously I was, you know, 100 and blank, blank pounds at that time, and oh my God, obviously it's because I was so lean. And then I'm like, look at the actual data. You failed terribly when you were that lean as well. So uh, it, it does, it, the facts are, sometimes body weight is directly related to performance. And the facts are, at distance racing, very often how you feel about yourself and the work you put in is way more tied to your success there. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like being confident in my body right now is really, really serving me. I saw something that Katie Height posted that really, like, spoke to me, which was, like, uh, she had posted some story of a woman who said, when when I looked at my body when I was very skinny, I didn't see a skinny person. And now that I've, you know, gained weight or whatever... I realized that the part of me that was broken was my brain, and that if I couldn't be satisfied then, I have to change the thing in me now that, you know, it's about satisfaction, it's not about weight. It's the thing that's broken is your brain. Mm -hmm. And I really, I feel like I've done great work on that, and I think a lot of it, I mean, talking to other women about it at events, and talking to you about it on the podcast, and the thousands of hours we have run and driven together, without the benefit of having, like, Uh, you know, sounding board to talk about these things. I don't think I would have grown in this way. I think I would have stayed scared and angry at myself and Mm -hmm. always hating my body. I feel like it's really valuable to like bring these things up with your friends and other athletes. Um, We have another friend who, Tyler, who's a coach um, who brings up a lot of these things that has brought new sensitivity to the way we talk to young athletes about their Mm -hmm. bodies and talking about how Trying to get out of that economy of, like, if I run, I get dot, dot, dot. I have to earn this treat or, yeah. Yeah, Earning earning your calories or, I don't know, like, rewarding yourself with presents for being skinny. Like, I'll get my new jeans when I... And I just keep being surprised by how prolific this... I'll say, issue is, or like just being exposed to so many different athletes in different mm-hmm. venues and different environments that are repeating the same things over and over again. Yeah. Which is like, I don't like the way this looks on me. I don't like this part of myself. I've always been insert, you know, awkward, tall, uh-huh. undesirable, whatever. Hair-shaped, like, whatever. and just all this crazy stuff, and being like, wow, you really can't see. Your what I'm seeing, or your power, or you can't, like, and just seeing how many athletes, male and female, that yes. experience the exact same thing. Whether it's imposter syndrome, like, I don't belong here, or just the, like, I've always been X. Like, and oh, just putting themselves yes. in this box of, like, I, yes, yeah, I, I'll, I'll never be athletic, it'll always be a struggle for me. I, that's a narrative that I've used about myself forever. Like, whatever I have, I think fight hard to have. I'm not a natural athlete. Okay. So, some of that might be true, but in those moments where, like, I've trained for a whole season, I've done my speed work, my cross training, my sauna work, whatever, and I'm wa- and I'm eating healthy foods as much as I need to, when I go out to that speed work on a Wednesday and I fucking rip a cut down, I mean, and it happens to be easy because I did the work, I still get to be that athlete. Like, mm-hmm. I still get to enjoy the juiciness of, like, However we arrived here, I can still... You know, you run seven-minute miles because you were born to run. I run seven-minute miles because I poured in the fucking effort. But here we are, and I, I want to be able to, like, sort of relish the, like, it, okay, it was harder for me, but here I am. Like, I am in this moment, and I want to live in the body that I have afforded myself with the work that I put in. I find myself at this junction where I've examine how I feel about my body and just being like kinder to myself and just trying to interrupt some of the inner monologues that I've found to be like not helpful and I've really found myself wanting to examine more of the stories that I'm telling myself mm. like true or not so I use the word stories uh, rather than thoughts because I feel like stories has a more like flexible feel to it which is like sometimes the stories I tell myself are helpful because they mm. they encourage me or they help me uh aspire for a thing that I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm a hard ass bitch. Mm-hmm. And that helps me be that hard ass yeah. bitch that I need I to be. I do did. hard things. I finish things. These yep. are like things stories that you say about yeah. yourself. I'm I'm not I don't quit. Or yeah. And I also find myself telling myself stories that are harmful or like that are don't help me get to the places that I want to where it's like, hey, if uh if Lauren can do this I can do 80% of that or something like that. Like BFC, like telling myself like, hey, if Lauren gets this time, I should be, or I will end up being about here. Or like, uh, or thinking things like, I will never be fast. Or unless my weight is a Mm -hmm. certain thing, Mm -hmm. then this is unattainable. Mm -hmm. Or when these factors happen at a race i crumble mm-hmm. like oh yes yes if, if it's going to be hot i yeah. will fail if, yeah. if it's going to rain i will fail right yeah i and, get that and just trying to pick apart like uh what things are helpful and maybe it's just best to leave unexamined uh what things are not helpful like what are those things that i can tweak to start you know meshing more with who I want to be versus maybe how I feel like I am now. Like for example, like at Ohio Backyard when I had that moment of realizing that like pretty much in the middle of every single race, I start to have thoughts of like, I can't believe I'd train this hard to be this average or to feel like or or to say like, how do I ever expect to do some of these big scary goals I have when I can't even do this? And I just I had to like shut it down and that's when I was like doing, like, positive self-talk and Mm -hmm. saying, like, I am remarkable and, like, Mm -hmm. touching myself gently. I know. It's a a very, like, it's a very emotional turning point for me because it was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, by changing that internal narrative, I wasn't even saying this out loud. It was just, like, it, it really, like, changed a switch for me. And so to, like, just to look at some of those things to say, like, what... How can I? How can I change these things to get me to where I want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I mean, how many times have we all heard like that the people who do these big hairy thing, these big crazy scary things, you know that their mentality is in a good place, that they just mm-hmm. believe that they can, mm-hmm. you know, or it's like, hey, the difference between us going to nationals and doing a 30-hour race and somebody who doesn't is just, like, showing up and doing the thing. Yeah, and thinking that you might be able to do it. Yes! Like, and, you know, if you would have asked me before nationals, if we had known, like, hey, Annie, do you think you could ride 115 miles on a mountain bike? I would be like, no, I'm out. I -hmm. can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, because that's not a thing I can do. It was over. I just did it. Right. Like, and I've. it's been a, a lot of interesting experiences in this, like story examination experience, because BFC, I was like, this is a thing I can do, I I can do it even better this year, and then being like, oh, <laughs> like, I know, oh no, but there are so many variables. Yeah, I know, and then going to nationals and being like, if I had known that this is what we were doing, I don't think I, I would have thought I could do it, but not knowing what we were doing, and then just doing it, yeah. I did it, so what does that mean? Yeah. Like, it means that to a degree, you can prepare and train your body, and to a degree, you don't know what you're capable of, and to a degree, you don't know what could kick you in the fucking face. And I think, you know, to me, it's been interesting to think about, like, if I took away my expectations on some things and just did them, Mm -hmm. how would that experience change? And it's almost like expanding, like, body image thoughts and examination to like a larger narrative to say like what am I capable of versus what and and instead of just being like hey instead of just being like I hate my big stupid legs if I'm like hey they do everything that I ask them to Mm -hmm. that you know look at all those possibilities that that opens up same thing with like races to be like hey if I don't tell myself that I can't do these things or that in the middle of a race that I'm never going to beat this other person or whatever the case may be. What might happen? Right. Yeah, for me, there's, like, so much uh, vanity involved in, like, being at home and, like, like in the moment where I'm not racing or training and thinking, like, oh, my stomach is gross. This is not the body I want to live in. I hate this body. I wish there was another body I could live in. There's an amazing feeling for me that comes from racing where I can eliminate those feelings where I'm just, like, here I am, in my be- in my body, moving forward through space, doing the work. I could give a fuck less what my belly looks like. Like, I spent half that adventure race with my shirt pulled up over the front pouches of my backpack with my, my pants rolled down so that my belly could flop around and catch some air. And I mm-hmm. felt motherfucking fresh as a daisy. Mm-hmm. So, for me, there's, like, this great temporary relief that over time has caused... Uh, like a, a longer day, effect, a, a longer effect, where the more time I spend in these like these moments outside, feeling like uh, critical of my own body, I get this like like put this moratorium on like self physical introspection, where I'm sure. like, is this in my body? And, and instead of being like, am I gonna die? <laughs> Should I fall asleep while pooping? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. I didn't. It didn't. But yeah, I think that it's had a, a, a lasting impact on on the daily life stuff. Where it's like, what is the value of vanity? Especially at this point in my life. Like, I don't need to convince anybody of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to get laid. Right. Like, what do I need from the world that would require my vanity? Yeah. And it makes me, I mean, I feel like I, I've, I've really tried to work on doing more of the things that i enjoy and stressing about my body is not a thing that i enjoy so it's like Mm -hmm. it's so nice to just like throw away that mental baggage just Mm -hmm. to be like Mm -hmm. oh i have you know an hour to do something today do i want to go for a bike ride with my family Mm -hmm. or do i want to feel bad about clothes that don't fit me anymore oh nope don't have time for that yeah yeah i i also want to talk a little bit about like Eating until you're satisfied because I feel like some athletes think that you can lose weight while training. And I know that in past years we've discussed this, Mm -hmm. but we will tell you, you can't and shouldn't. It will really throw back your training, it Mm -hmm. will set you back. And there's, I've heard from so many athletes stories and articles that I've read where there's like these case studies of people who were like, I just started eating a little bit more, like when I was hungry. And my runs started getting faster, and I started sleeping better. And I feel like just eating to satisfaction is such a thing that, like, I think a lot of athletes might be missing in their lives. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it is hard because we're so, I, I feel like, or I, I'll speak to my personal experience, I feel like I'm so disciplined in, like, training and everything that it feels pretty natural to be like, hey, I need to, you know, with training it's like I should push Beyond what my limits are. And with eating, it kind of felt like I should stay under what I feel like my limits are. Mm -hmm. I can't help but point out and notice myself that since I have been eating a little bit more, even though my weight's higher than I would say I would have thought I was comfortable with, I haven't been seriously injured in a year and a half. I don't think those things are unrelated. I haven't been training less hard, if anything, I think I've been you doing lost more. have power or speed. Right. So it's... I can't help but feel like, hey, trying to lose a few pounds before every single race to fit whatever mental mm-hmm. standard I have in mind, I can't help but think that that deterred my overall progress. Yeah, I feel like you can whip the horse or you can pet the horse, but I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Well, that's a bad analogy because the horse is definitely gonna run faster if you whip it. But yeah, I mean, you can either beat something to submission or coax it. But I feel like, or no, even better, just do neither. Just let the horse go. Okay, feed the horse. Let the horse run. Like do neither. Yes. Let let the horse be a horse. Yeah. Okay. Do neither pet nor. No whip. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to call you on something, and I I should have done this off the podcast before we were on the podcast. Sure. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Why no, not? We were sitting at the table having dinner here, like maybe within the last two months, and you said something about I haven't lost as many pounds this training cycle mm-hmm. as I would have hoped, mm-hmm. and I like. I was surprised, but it's good. Like you and I had that talk on one of our hill workouts where we were like. It's good, like, we're examining these things on a yes. regular basis, and, yes. like, you said that, and I wanted to be like, "Lord, no, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> betray you, yeah, come out of the swamp of sadness. Yeah, yeah, but just, like, because these things are so, like, built into mm-hmm. us, I think. Yeah, I think, I don't think that I was too bummed, though. Did I seem bummed? I don't know. I think it was, like, I, I can't I think remember. it was more matter-of-fact. Okay. Because I haven't felt bummed about it, and I'm also not weighing myself. I think I weigh myself like once quarterly, which is very helpful for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm very much over that. So thank you for worrying about me two months ago, but I'm totally over that. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I moved out of there. Um, yeah, so I, I would love to share more as it comes up to like my inner workings on the stories I'm telling myself mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. how that changes. I just, I feel, I really feel like there are some things that I want to do that I can't do if I am telling myself that I can't do them. Yeah, that seems pretty clear. That seems clear. pretty clear. Like, that seems pretty clear. Which, again, it's one of those things where you say aloud and you're like, well, duh, but well, when you're trying to do a thing and you're telling yourself you don't think you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to do it. Or at least have a way harder time. True. I mean, I feel like we know plenty of people that just kind of, like, uh, I'll say will themselves into being able to do the thing. They're just like, I can do this! And then they just go do it! Yeah. Oh, man, we know a lot of those. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, uh, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of thoughts in this department because BFC, like, really just made me feel like... Yeah, it shook you, huh? Yeah, it did. It's... Because I you're th- still not used to DNFing. I I might need you to DNF a little more. But here's the thing: have any of your DNFs come on your fourth time doing the thing? No, but I don't think that's relevant. It is. It is when you have done the thing three times already, like, or maybe it's not relevant. But it's why it's shaking me more than okay. a regular All DNF. Right. All right. Because I wasn't super torn up about AC. I was like, when I... You are like, huh, oh, that's I was weird. Like, I was like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, like... Yeah, I killed my guy in the first panel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just kind of like... I was like, wait, what happened? I oh. don't get a second Mario? Wait a minute. How do I get out of here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's it for... so yeah we'll have lots more opportunities luckily you know when it comes to like our uh winter season of events i don't feel like there's anything where it's like do or die like the fall is just a heavy time for us although again i should i should circle back to what i talked about at the beginning which is i'm hoping to get off big's backyard wait list at the last minute and i'm doing Pinhoti as my western states qualifier but if I do that one minute after the cut, or one minute before the cutoff at Pinhoti, I will be just fine. Yeah, she told me today she was going to maybe vogue for five whole miles, <laughs> is that race. <right? laughs> yeah, just do what you feel, girl. Yeah. Mhm. Get a bit. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably good for today. So excellent. until next time. We are. Burf barf. Hold it. <laughs>